Enjoying the beautiful, beautiful uh, state of Hawaii. Funches, uh, welcome back, buddy. Thank you, man. I didn't want to come back, but you know, I had to come back and do this show with you, man. Well, okay, that setup wasn't the best. That wasn't, uh, <laughs> I always feel like uh, you know, is it? Because you know, I wanted to take today. I wanted to take today to off, back? but but Lakers talk was today, so I had to come back today. So. All right, well, you know, what are you going to do? Can't win them all here. I know, exactly, man. So uh, last Tuesday, the Bucks won a title. Um, yes. We, we still haven't reacted to that. Uh, let's put a bow on the NBA CD 2020-2021 season. I mean, what's your biggest surprise this season, biggest disappointment, all that stuff? Uh, give it to me, Alan. Well, I'll do this. Let me first just say, you know, obviously the Milwaukee Bucks winning a championship, Giannis what an unbelievable finals run for him. What an unbelievable game to close it out. You know, obviously disappointing for Chris Paul, Devin Booker, but specifically Chris Paul and Monty Williams that they didn't win a championship. But the, the way I kind of put a bow on this season, I, I, this is kind of simple to me. The season was out of whack, a ton of injuries. Unfortunately, I don't think we saw the best product in the NBA finals, but that's how it goes. And you know, Lakers have been fortunate sometimes they get to an NBA Finals trip and other teams are injured. I know not like this with the Suns and the Bucks, but give them their credit. I'm I'm completely okay with giving those two teams their credit, and to see the Milwaukee Bucks win was pretty fantastic. This is actually one of the surprises to me. Did you hear uh, Giannis in that post game? <laughs> Did you hear him saying, uh, you know, about not joining a super team? Yeah, doing it here? yeah. I felt like I he was too. taking shots at everybody. Yeah. Yeah, because what we were talking about last uh, offseason, we were talking about Giannis potentially leaving Milwaukee and joining somebody else, right? And he wanted to do it his way. He obviously did it there. I, listen, I'm not – and I don't even mind him if he's taking a shot at LeBron or he's taking a shot at KD, you know, guys that have kind of put together their own roster. In KD's case, went to the Golden State Warriors. I don't even mind him taking shots because – I do think it's special. When I think of LeBron James and you say, hey, what's the championship you're going to remember most with him? Cleveland is the one that comes up. I mean, it just does because he beat a team the way he beat a 73-win team. I'm going to remember that over his Miami championships or even even more than his Laker championships because he did it in a small market. It doesn't happen often. They hadn't won a championship in 50-plus years, and I'm talking about all of Cleveland. So I get what Giannis is saying, how doing it in Milwaukee was more meaningful to him, if that's what he was referring to. Do you think the Bucks are to favor next season? Uh, not at all. You know, I, I think it's funny because when you saw the – right after the Bucks won a championship, we had our show the next morning, Travis and Sliwa show. And Funches, if you remember, the odds came out from Vegas. Do you remember the top three teams? I want to say it was Brooklyn, Lakers, and uh, Clippers? Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors. Wow. Jeez, right? Golden State I Warriors. Know. Jeez. I know. And then I think Philly was after that. So like, I, I think there was – or maybe actually maybe it was Bucks that were number four, and I think Suns fell a little bit further down. Um, that's not by mistake. What the Bucks did – by the way, Bucks can – they can definitely compete for another championship next year. But if you put them against Brooklyn and both teams are healthy, everybody's going to pick Brooklyn. The Suns, I, I think that's a completely different story. 
you got the Golden State Warriors that are obviously going to have Klay Thompson back. The Utah Jazz will have another shot at it. Maybe Utah and Phoenix, you could say, are on par with the same, you know, kind of same caliber of each other. The Lakers obviously are the Lakers. Who knows what the Clippers do this offseason? By the way, I'm sitting here talking about DeMar DeRozan and potentially coming to the Lakers. Mark Spears was saying that. Watch out for the Clippers as well. Clippers are going to make a run for DeMar. So um, I I know we're not expecting Kawhi back, so that obviously changes things the way you, you look at the Clippers. But I don't see the Phoenix Suns. They'll be in the mix do I see them back in the Western Conference Finals next year? Do I see them representing the Western Conference? Absolutely not. Like, I don't know how else to put it. No, I don't see them in that position at all. All right, speaking of the Clippers, um, Woj is reporting that Kawhi Leonard will stay with the Clippers. And this is Woj's words. I've got no indication that Kawhi Leonard is interested in doing anything besides resigning with the Clippers and rehabbing the injury. The way that they're proceeding certainly seems to be that Kawhi Leonard is in mind with the Clippers. So... That's what Woj says. What do you think? You think Woj, uh, Kawhi is going to stay? You think he's going to explore other possibilities? What do you think, Alan? I want to know who Woj's sources are. I don't know if I Me believe Me too, Woj. man. Me too. I don't know if I believe Woj. Uh, listen, anything that comes out of Woj's mouth, I'm like, all right, well, that's you could write that in pen. It's crap. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, no, no. Basically, like it's it's going to happen. I, listen, I, I think there's a, a lot of sense to this. The bigger story this offseason would have been Kawhi Leonard deciding that he's going to go to Miami or he's going to go to a different team, right? That would have been the bigger story. What wasn't going to be much of a story is if he decided to re-sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. We know he has an option in this contract. Um, I think a lot of people you know, kind of have referenced, right? He wanted to come back to L.A. when he was in Toronto and eventually worked his way in free agency, chose the Clippers over the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't see Kawhi going anywhere. And, and to be honest with you, as much as I kind of, you know, joke about the Clippers or I talk about how I want to see them lose, whatever the case is, they got a squad. And until Kawhi gets healthy, that's when they'll have another legitimate chance to win an NBA championship. But I think it's going to be interesting this upcoming year, uh, Funches. What do the Clippers do with Kawhi not there? How aggressive are they going to be that's this right. offseason? He might be gone a whole season next year. Could be gone the whole season. Or even offseason. to the playoffs. Could be gone the entire season, like you just said. Okay, well, if he's gone the entire season, Clippers are not going to win an NBA championship. But are there moves that the Clippers can make where they're still in contention? Let's not forget what the Clippers accomplished this year. They beat the Utah Jazz after Kawhi went out. Um, And then they went six games against the Phoenix Suns. So it's not like the Clippers folded shop when they lost Kawhi Leonard. So maybe they think they could go out there, get another piece, go get a legitimate player, however they do it, some type of a trade or whatever the case is. And if they're able to do that, now you're talking about a Clippers team that um, I guess you could say can continue building to when Kawhi comes back. And then they're a legitimate championship threat again. That's the reality. Speaking of moves, Alan, um, th- there was a trade earlier today. The Pelicans uh, finalized a trade to send Stephen Adams, Eric Bloodsell, and two future first-round picks, including uh, the 10th pick in Thursday's draft, to Memphis for Jonas Valentunas and a 17th overall pick in Memphis. So, um, thoughts on the deal? Do you think anything's going to come out of it? Uh, Woj just saying that. New Orleans has, you know, the money to sign Lonzo Ball and maybe even go make a run at uh, Kyle Lowry. So it, it is interesting. It's interesting because, first of all, you know, I almost look at Memphis and New Orleans as similar teams. They're young teams trying to build. Memphis has done a better job of making it to the playoffs. Obviously, they made the playoffs um, by beating the Golden State Warriors and they ended up eventually lost to the Utah Jazz. 
But this is what I think of the deal. I think that they cleared a lot of space. Now they're going to have an opportunity to be a player for one of these free agents that are out there. And if you're a team like New Orleans, you got Brandon Ingram. You have Zion Williamson. Those are your two main pieces. What they decide to do to Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball is, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But I think the biggest thing is this. They're another threat to go out there and potentially overpay for one of these free agents. Maybe they offer Kyle Lowry 25 to $30 million a year to try and get Kyle Lowry to come play for New Orleans. Yeah, reports right? are having that uh, Kyle Lowry is looking for three years, $90 million. Yeah, that's a good chunk of money there. Yeah, um, By the way, I don't know if he'll get that. Uh, three, he's 35 years old, so yeah. he'd go till he's 38 years old. But th- the point is, is that the Pelicans are trying to win today. They're trying to win right now, and you can have, you could very easily have too many young players on your roster. So it, let, let's just use that as an example. Let's say they went out and got Kyle Lowry. Now Lowry's there with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. You got a champion. You got a great locker room guy. You got a guy that's been in the NBA for a, a, a number of years, and he's still effective. Now you might be looking at, okay, now we could be one of those teams that's in the top seven of the Western Conference, something along those lines. So uh, it just, in my opinion, all it really does is it puts another team out there to go out there and try to compete for one of these free agents that a few teams are going to be competing against. I know, not even uh, the few teams, including the Lakers at that too. So they'll be competing for the same players and the same kind of things. So uh, last Sunday, Team uh, U.S. Stephen Adams was with New Orleans for one year. Yeah. That was it, right? He signed a two-year deal when they're Yeah. I mean, it, it's New Orleans was one of the more disappointing teams this past oh, year. Oh, yeah. They were probably one of the, the top disappointing team. They had, uh, remember, they had uh, Van Gundy come in. That's they right. thought they were a playoff team. Van Gundy was gone in one year. And it's interesting because I remember doing the pregame show with Michael. And Michael, every time maybe the Lakers were going to play Pelicans or we were talking about scores from around the NBA and Pelicans would come up. And he was just so disappointed in the team because we all kind of just assumed, oh, wow, this is a team that, you know, they'll be like Memphis or they'll be one of those teams that have a legitimate chance of being in the top eight. Plus, you had the playing tournament. They couldn't even be a part of the playing tournament. Well, you see the Pelicans are top seven or eight players, and you think that that's a real good team on paper, but then they just couldn't put together. They had Lonzo Ball. They had Josh Hart. They had all these former Lakers, Brandon Ingram, Zion, Zion, Steven Adams. They had J.J. Redick. They had a bunch of good players, but they just didn't have the chemistry. This just shows you that you can have good talent, but, man, there's something about having vets. There's something about guys that have been there, done it before. So uh, that 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 process will continue for the uh, Pelicans. But they freed up some money. Let's see what they do in the offseason. All right, speaking of chemistry and talent and all that, Team USA basketball yeah. lost their opening game to France last Sunday. And um, Team USA is in trouble, uh, Alan. Uh, they lost three of the last four games, including the exhibition games. The loss snapped a 24-game win streak in the Olympics. Now, some reports are saying that the team is frustrated with uh, Coach Greg Popovich's uh, Spurs offense, where they're predicated on cutting a lot and reading and passing and stuff like that instead like of playing like playing good basketball, playing good basketball like the Spurs exa- it, exactly. Yeah. You know, like the Spurs, they, but you know they, they frustrated with playing team basketball. <laughs> oh, what a concept! What a concept! But Alan, I mean, you got these guys thrown yeah. together, twelve guys thrown together in like a few weeks. They can't play team basketball. They have to do a lot of isolation stuff because they, they can't learn sure. all the sets. So let, let me ask you a question, because I think you're the perfect person to ask for this. 
you are a big fan of USA basketball. Oh, You're yeah, a fan definitely. of, of the international play, mm-hmm. right? And definitely. as much as as much as I'm a you know huge fan. By the way, does somebody at, at, at NBC want to tell us when all this stuff is on? I don't I know, know when right? anything's on. I don't know. Me neither. Me neither. Every time every time I go on, I'm watching fencing or ping pong. Can, well, I, can or, somebody work with me here? And <laughs> well, get, apparently get on the... Sunday morning, I woke up to the results of the USA game already, and they they were showing it, re-airing it at like one o'clock in the afternoon that day too. So I didn't even want to watch it. I'm even down for the re-air. I just need to watch the games. Okay, so let, let me say this. Um, by the way, wait a minute here. Is this right here? Are they is USA Basketball playing tonight at 940? Is this real? I don't know, Eastern? man. I think it might be tomorrow, but I know oh, they're playing that's our women's. end. Yeah, that's yeah. women's yeah. basketball. Okay, so this is what I was going to say. In regards to um, – just in regards to USA Basketball, the question I was going to ask you is do we care enough in the United States – that there's the pressure of, hey, you guys better win. Hey, you guys got to respect. Hey, you guys better come back with the gold. And the reason why I'm asking you the question is because I feel like the only storyline around USA basketball is when they lose. And when they win, there's zero appreciation for them winning. There's zero appreciation of what they accomplished. No, uh, You're supposed to win. So my question to you is, is part of this where everybody just feels like, well, we know we have the best. I, we know we're the best country in uh, in the world when it comes to basketball. But there just isn't enough respect to the Olympics and going to win the gold. Yeah, I feel like you know. Of course, we're not sending our A squad. We're not sending our B squad. We're not even sending our D squad. I mean, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum. We got Tatum, some ballers, got some ballers on the team. We got that's some all we need. We got we got maybe three you or four. You got KD. You got Dame. Dame. You got Jason Durant. Tatum. Draymond is there. And Tatum you, is there. And then Devin also Booker the, just came. They, Chris yeah, Middleton. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. But then you guys got like, you know, Jeremy Grant. You know, what fringe you guys? guys. What do you mean you guys? We're both in the United States. <laughs> I know, man. Who's you guys? <laughs> um, um, I feel like this Team USA is not my Team USA team. <laughs> well, this is, you know, the reason why I'm asking the question because I, I hate that we don't care enough. I hate that everybody just assumes, well, we're going to win every year and we give zero respect to all the other countries, which, by the way, I, mean, I, I, I expect them to win every year as well. But the conversation you know, about USA basketball, hopefully things get turned around. And, and you, know, you also appreciate, I think Damian Lillard said this, about how other countries just play differently for their country, right? It's, it, the, the Olympic gold means different, something different, I think, to Spain and to France and to Argentina, then yeah. I think it means to the USA because they're just expected to win every year, w- so we're spoiled with it. The one thing I see is that, you know, these exhibition games don't mean anything to us, Team USA, but, you know, once a team beats us in those games, it's, it's like the biggest win for that country ever. Niger- wasn't it Nigeria? Nigeria, Nigeria exactly. Nigeria that beat uh, USA and then you know, Australia they were, won. They weren't even calling it the biggest win in Nigerian history. They are calling it the biggest win in African basketball history. I don't blame them. <laughs> I really don't. And I, as much as I want to give other countries credit, I want to say, well, the you know the game is international now. Uh, this is it, it's 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 such a global game now. There's better there's better players all around the world. Still, at the end of the day, ultimately USA basketball's gotta um, they gotta live up to their expectations. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, things turn around. I think here. the prediction so, is that they don't medal and they will send the A team in 2024. <laughs> You might be right. You know, unfortunately, that's what it took for some of the redeem team. Uh, obviously, the '92 dream team. Maybe it takes losing to wake everybody up. We'll see what happens. All right, Brad Turner of the LA Times, 
Coming up next, the latest on the Los Angeles Lakers and some of the rumors that are going around about the Lake Show. Uh, Michael Funches with Top NBA Stories. Thank you, Funches. Uh, we got Brad Turner coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, thank you for being a part of the show. Kind of flying by here. Funches is telling me in the break. How are we already an hour 15 into the show? I want to welcome in Brad Turner from the LA Times. Covers the Lakers for the LA Times. Uh, BT, every time you know I'm looking on social media here, either I'm seeing um, a beautiful looking cigar a nice bottle of wine. I got a feeling here, BT, you are definitely enjoying your offseason. Uh, you know, Alan, how can you not enjoy the offseason? <laughs> it's been a long two years, my friend. Nothing but basketball, nothing but work. But it's time to enjoy a little bit of life. Nothing wrong with that, BT. Nothing wrong with that. And, and by the way, you know, as much as I sit here and I say that you're enjoying a nice cigar or a bottle of wine, a glass of wine, whatever the case is, um, you're also mixing in a little Lakers basketball news. So let, let me get your thoughts on a couple things here, um, and I appreciate you taking the time. NBA draft this Thursday. NBA free agency starts mm-hmm. a week from today. Um, you, you know, you had put out uh, in one of your great articles in the LA Times – you specifically talked a little bit about DeMar DeRozan, and then we got a little bit more um, context on that earlier today as well. I, I just I, I got two questions for you. Number one, how, how realistic do you think it is to see DeMar DeRozan playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, number mm-hmm. one? And number two, um, what kind of fit do you think that would be on this roster with obviously the two-star players in LeBron James and Anthony Davis? You know, I saw DeMar make some comments about that today. I'm not sh- exactly sure where that was and how he said he'd love to come back home. Who wouldn't want to come back home and play for their hometown team? He was a Kobe Bryant fan, right? Let's throw that in there while we're at it. He watched the Lakers win NBA championships growing up. His family still loves the Lakers. He lives out here in Southern California still. I think with him, it's going to come down to money. How much can the Lakers actually pay him, and what is he willing to accept? If I'm not mistaken, he made $27.7 million last year in San Antonio, in the last year of his contract. But he made a comment today where he said, I've made a lot of money. You know, so if you are a Laker executive, you have to like hearing that, that he is perhaps willing to take a little less than the $27.7 million because they obviously don't have that to give him unless it's in a signed trade. You know, so I think that's a, a good possibility. But, look, Alan, until you sign on the dotted line, sure. you just never know. I mean, if someone comes to tomorrow and says, hey, man, look, we will give you a four-year deal for a hundred and something million dollars. 
uh, he's going to take that cash and run. Hmm. And come back here during the summertime. <laughs> uh, as far as it being a fit, I mean, obviously he is really a mid-range shooter, just like LeBron is more effective that way because that AD is. So you're looking at maybe not having the best spacing, but, man, is he good. He's athletic. He can defend. He's stretched out to the three-point line just a little bit, but he can also initiate the offense. And the bottom line is he wants to win an NBA championship. Hmm. That puts everything else to the side. BT, you know, it's interesting because what you said, I I love the way you kind of explained everything because I agree with you. Fit-wise, what a fantastic fit. And if DeMar DeRozan decides, hey, he wants to play with the Los Angeles Lakers, he's willing to take a little less money to do it, whatever the case is, um, it's obviously just – it it would be an amazing, amazing um, addition to this Lakers roster with LeBron and AD. I I think what you said there, well, when push comes to shove, if other teams also know, wait a minute, so DeMar wants to play for a contender. Maybe there's a way that we have, um, you know, from a financial perspective, we can give him what he's looking for to try and chase a championship. And, oh, by the way, we can give him more money than the Lakers can. They're going to obviously try to use that as a way to try and lure over DeMar DeRozan. So let's see what happens on that front. But obviously um, it, it's safe to say that you don't have any issues with how that fit would be and. Uh, it, it could, you know, obviously there could be some legs there. We'll see what happens by the time we get to free agency. Um, I, I want to throw a couple other names your way because, I, I listen, it's not that it's unrealistic that there's always a lot of chatter around the Lakers and there are a ton of names that are associated with the Lakers. Out of all the other names that you've heard, and I'm going to list off just a number of names, I, I want to, you know, kind of go through this again, almost kind of similar like we did with DeMar. Who do you think would be more most realistic and um, and, and and why you would think that player would be most realistic and, and with a fit and everything else? We've heard Russell Westbrook's name. We've heard Kyle Lowry's name. We've heard Buddy Heald's name. We've heard Lonzo Ball's name. Spencer Dinwiddie's another name. Just listing off, there's five players right there for you. Out of those mm-hmm. players, is there a player that kind of stands out that you think, yeah, I think Lakers really do have a legitimate shot at this guy or this individual, and uh, and, and he would be the right fit? In that group, I would say, without really knowing, that is Russell Westbrook. And that's because there are some people around the league that believe Russell is not the easiest player to coach, to manage, to play with. And because of that, it opens the door a little bit wider for the Lakers to perhaps make a move, to do a trade to get him. Now, my understanding is that Russ is at a stage in his career where he wants to win an NBA championship. And he would love to win that NBA championship here with the Lakers. So, So would he be... A good fit, again, I say yes, he would, because he handles the ball, he plays good defense, and because he does initiate the offense, that means LeBron James can now not have to have the ball in his hand all the time, or so much. And he can let Russell bring it up, and then LeBron can attack from the wing and have court set. LeBron can get the first pass, rather than having to dribble the ball up court, make a pass, 
hope the ball gets back to him somewhere on the wing. And I think that just takes less pressure off of LeBron because you have a guy in Russell who attacks all the time. They'll run. They'll get easier baskets. And look, let's be real now. Russell plays hard all the damn time. And he expects everyone else to play hard all the time. So I think in that group, he would be the one because of, you know, perhaps the Wizards might be more willing to move him, knowing they have a new coach coming in and West also Jr. And just that, you know, he's, um, he's someone that has high expectations and he's been moved around. He's gone from what, OKC to Houston, now to the Wizards. Brad Turner from the LA Times taking some time to join Lakers talk. Um, BT, it, it is kind of crazy, just all the different names that have been kind of thrown around. And, and Russell Westbrook, I took some calls about Russ a little bit earlier in the show. That's the one that's most polarizing, where I think if you ask Laker fans, you can have yeah. a camp that says, why would you do that? You know, the guy doesn't fill the shooting role. And then there's going to be guys like you and me that, that say, no, I think you could find a way to make that work. And it's not like Russell Westbrook is this, you know, um, it's not like he's the type of player that doesn't have drive, isn't interested in championship. It, it feels like for him being the third best player on a team can certainly be a guy that the Lakers can rely on. Um, mm-hmm. BT is just kind of looking at the Western Conference and the NBA. Um, you know, I could use the Warriors as an example. Hopefully, Clay Thompson comes back healthy. They got a lot of assets that they could go out and go try to get another all-star caliber player. Uh, obviously, the Brooklyn Nets have three all-stars over there, superstars, you could say. And, you know, obviously, KD, James Harden, and, and Kyrie Irving. Does it feel like the Lakers, it's not like, does it feel that they have to make a move that if they came back with a similar roster, not that they can't win a championship, not that they can't compete for a championship, but do you feel it's a necessity that they go out there and get a third star, not a luxury, that if if they're going to give themselves the best shot with LeBron James, and you know we know both of those players, the injuries that they had this past offseason and, and, or this past season, hopefully the offseason, they get all healthy. Does it seem like they have to do something? Would you be disappointed if, not, if something didn't get done, some of these moves that we're talking about? Well, <laughs> I wouldn't be to the point at one way or the other because, you know, I get paid by the L.A. Times, so I would be disappointed if my paycheck stopped from the L.A. Times, of course. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Of course. I mean, do they of have course. to do something? I mean, yeah, that's a move they need to make. Have to is a strong way to put that. My number one thing with the Lakers is Anthony Davis. We need to see a healthy Anthony Davis, not the one who's going to play half the season. I don't care who they go out and get. If he's not playing at his best, if he's not playing in, let's say, 70-plus games, then the Lakers' chance of winning a title become lessened. He is the one in my book that is so talented and is so skilled that he can help this team get over the hump like we saw him do Last year, he is the key to all of this. I don't care if they sign Chris Paul, if they bring in Russell Westbrook, that's a Ben Whitty. In my view, it all rests on AD. We know what LeBron James is going to bring. Yes, he's getting older. He's not the same player he was 10 years ago. But he's going to give you 
anything. We need to see AD play more games and play his best basketball for them to have a chance to win. BT, you're the man. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate you taking some time. And here I am interrupting you in a beautiful summer evening in late July, and you are kind enough with your time. So thank you for doing this, bud. Alan, for you, of course, if Michael Thompson was here, yeah, no damn way. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's fantastic. BT, thank you, bud. Have a good rest of your night. All right. Thank you. You too. All right, BT. All right, that's Brad Turner right there. I don't believe him, by the way. I know if Michael was here, BT would be here too. Um, okay, you know what? That actually leads me right into the next topic that I want to get into. Interesting, huh? BT saying, doesn't matter who you go out and get, even if it's Chris Paul, even if it's DeMar DeRozan. If AD is not playing like Anthony Davis is expected to play, the Lakers got no shot at a championship. Kendrick Perkins, um, I think this was yesterday, was talking about Anthony Davis, and he even went out and made an incredibly bold comment about AD this upcoming season. I want to play that for you when we come back. We'll react to that as well. If you want to be a part of Lakers Talk, you can always call into the show, 877-710-ESPN. This is Lakers Talk on 710. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Funches, so we got uh, USA Basketball tomorrow. We got that one figured out. So 9.40 tomorrow? 9.40 tomorrow versus Iran. 9.40 p.m. tomorrow versus Iran. Women's basketball, 9.40 tonight. So we got some basketball that we get a chance to watch. Uh, I think they're playing Nigeria. I think that's who uh, – Yeah, they're playing Nigeria tonight. Women's basketball is playing. Okay. I want to get into that Anthony Davis conversation and topic. I want to kind of continue that conversation from what Brad Turner of the LA Times was talking about how this season actually it does not just and, – and I kind of disagree with this. I, I see what Brad Turner is saying about uh, it's not about who you bring in the offseason. Is AD going to be AD? But before we do that, let me take a few calls, and I appreciate everybody who's been patiently waiting to be a part of Lakers Talk. We'll start off with Sean in Huntington Beach. Sean, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. Hey, appreciate you getting me on again. I wanted to call in more about not who we get, but how we use it. I feel like we got the coach that's awesome on X's and O's. You got a player in LeBron James that's a floor general. So in the NBA and against the playoffs, it's a high pick and roll game. It's really about a three-man system. It's coming off the screen, making good decisions. I feel like the guy that makes good decisions, that's Russell Westbrook. The guy's got L.A. heart. He's going to prolong LeBron's career. I think he's not... I'm not going to make him shoot, and that's on the coach to make sure that he makes the right play. Well, Sean, you know, and, and appreciate you calling in, all right? Um, I think no question about it for me, the concept of going out and getting a third player, I'm, you know, you don't have to sell me on that. I'm all in on that. Now it's, okay, which guy do you think is going to be the best fit? Um I'm actually, and I think this is going to be a caller that goes against the Westbrook front. I already gave my opinion on it. Let's give Greg and Ventura a chance. Greg, what's going on? You're on Lakers Talk. Alan, I totally disagree with Brad Turner uh, about Westbrook. 
But I totally agree with him about Anthony Davis. I mean, we need to get a whole season out of Anthony, and we need to get more than one. Uh, we need to hope that he's the guy that's going to carry the Lakers for a number of years. But uh, I I don't like Westbrook for this team. I, I think he's a, he's well. I don't I don't want to get into the negatives really, Alan. But I just don't think he fits. Here's well, Greg. Here Greg, it's, it's okay. It's okay if you got if you got some reasons of why you don't think he's a good fit. Because th- this is the one thing I'm going to give Westbrook. I, I feel like what's talked about his game so much are the things that he doesn't excel at, which is obviously the shooting. And it's not going it's not going to be a guy that you're going to go throw it to, and he's going to catch and shoot a 22 footer. And if he does, the defense is going to say thank you for shooting that. But I think sometimes we miss some of his strengths. So t- you explain to me why you don't like the fit, Alan. He, he's a ball hawk. Mm-hmm. He's a ball hog, he, he, and we know that uh, our guys want to have the, the the chance to shoot the ball and, and have it go around and stuff. But he he just doesn't know how to how to get everybody involved. I mean, yeah, granted, he gets about ten or twelve assists, but you know, it's only when he can't score going down the middle of the lane, so he passes out to somebody. But I but I, I just don't think he's a great assist guy. I don't think he's a, an, an absolute point guard guy. I, I just don't. I just don't like him. I've never liked him. John Ireland loves him. I, I've never liked the guy. Well, I pr- listen. I appreciate you calling in, giving your thoughts. Um, like I said, Westbrook's the polarizing figure in this whole conversation. I mean, we could talk about Demar. We could talk about Kyle Lowry. We could talk about Westbrook is the one where Laker fans stop and say you're, trying, you're either turning right or you're turning left. Let me just say this about. The guy doesn't pass the ball, and this is what I mean about um, this is what I mean about Russell Westbrook. I, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure why Westbrook kind of gets this. He has a certain um, he has a certain he gets a certain stigma that I don't think is fair. But let me let me just let me throw this out there. Over the last four or five, at, at, over the last six seasons, five of those six seasons he's double digit assists. Five of those six seasons, he's averaged double-digit assists. For his career, about eight assists a game, something along those lines. Um, in, in this past season, 11.7 assists. So I think he gets kind of a raw deal when it comes to Russell Westbrook. And, and to be honest with you, I always kind of say this. I'm a fan of Westbrook, and I'll tell you some of the reasons why. I thought the Oklahoma City Thunder did such an unbelievably awful job of keeping James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant together. How did you not keep those three together and give them a couple chances to get to NBA Finals? And they would have eventually you know, won an NBA championship. You could go look at that three that was with the Golden State Warriors with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson. Um, go take that three, compare it to Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Imagine if those two franchises got a chance to go up against each other. I mean, hell, KD and Russell Westbrook almost beat them, just those two against those three. So we don't have to sit there and have the conversation, but it's not his fault James Harden got traded. It's not his fault KD decided to leave uh, a team that had an opportunity to win an NBA championship and go join the Golden State Warriors. I always feel like Westbrook gets the raw end of the deal. Maybe I'm protecting Westbrook too much, but I, I don't I don't fall too much on the line of that. Okay, let, let me get a couple more calls in here. Eric and Compton. Eric, appreciate you calling in. I just want to say that Westbrook will be a good fit. That's all I need to say. <laughs> Appreciate you calling in. Thank you for calling in, Eric. Uh, how about Solomon and Lake Balboa? Solomon, what, what's your – and it doesn't have to be just on, on Westbrook, but any Laker topic that you want to hit on, feel free. Well, thanks, man. And I, I know it's kind of coming, so it might be a little too soon here. But 
I think the comment about what's going to happen with Anthony Davis is really, really important. Uh, when What I mean is this. Even if you get a big three, and I, I hope the Lakers do, I hope they get that third impact player. It doesn't have to be a superstar, but I'd like to see, you know, kind of a drop-dead shooter that can actually make shots uh, in the guard position. That would be fine. But if Anthony Davis, who is supposed to be, you know, the up-and-coming leader and cornerstone of your franchise is only playing half the games next season. I don't think it matters who you bring in. That's 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 my two cents for tonight. Appreciate you calling in, Solman. Let, let me let me actually do this real quick because the AD stuff is starting to come up a little bit. I'll, let me play this sound real quick, uh, Funches. Let, let's play this piece from Kendrick Perkins, and then when we come back, we could react to it, and I'll take a couple more phone calls off of this. So, ESPN's Kendrick Perkins. Take a listen to this. This was, was he on first take? I think it was on first take, or maybe he was on Sports Center. But he was talking specifically about Anthony Davis and what he expects from AD this upcoming season. Take a listen. I believe that Anthony Davis is going to come back on a mission. Matter of fact, I'm predicting right now that he's going to be the one to win MVP oh. next season. He sees all the slander. He's hearing everything about Giannis. He's very quiet at the oh. moment. And from <laughs> what I'm hearing, he's he's working his tail off behind the scenes. So, look, the Lakers got to do something, but I would not panic if I'm a Lakers fan because you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You can fill in the pieces. All right, this is that was Kendrick Perkins um, on ESPN talking about how he thinks Anthony Davis will actually win MVP next season. Let me react to that when we come back. I'll take more of your phone calls if you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. And this will fall on the lines of Brad Turner saying and Solomon sitting there saying who called in that at the end of the day, whoever the Lakers bring in, it still comes down to what are you going to get from Anthony Davis. We'll do that coming up next. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, let's, let's get right into it here as we come to a close of the show. So I just played a clip of Kendrick Perkins, and for those who didn't get a chance to hear it, let me just kind of summarize it real quick. He says, I'm predicting right now that he's going to win MVP next season. He's talking about Anthony Davis. Uh, he sees all the slander. He's hearing everything about Giannis. He's very quiet at the moment. He's working his tail off behind the scenes. Lakers got to do something, but I would not panic if I'm a Lakers fan. All right, let, let me comment on what Kendrick Perkins said real quick. Will Anthony Davis win MVP this upcoming season? Let me tell you guys, I'm 0 for 2 on my predictions because when Anthony Davis came to the Lakers for the first year, got traded from the Pelicans, I talked about how it's more on AD to win MVP. It's more on Anthony Davis to take more of a burden because now he's playing with LeBron. Let Kind of let LeBron pace himself for the playoffs and let LBJ do what he's going to do. I've kind of said that two years in a row. That was wrong two years in a row. LeBron James still the best player, uh, obviously on the Los Angeles Lakers, one of the best players in the world. He's more reliable. Um, yes, he did get injured this past season, but uh, LeBron James was having an MVP caliber season before he turned that high ankle sprain with Solomon Hill and the Atlanta Hawks in mid-March or whenever that was. Anthony Davis had a disappointing season. There's no other way to put it. So I, I, when Kendrick Perkins says he's going to win MVP next year, what the first thing that goes through my mind is like, Kendrick, I've, I've done this before. I've already said that. And, and I didn't say he was going to win MVP, but what I said was he'll have a greater chance than LeBron because strategically it's going to be more on AD's back and let LeBron pace himself. 
Um, I'm not going to make those predictions anymore. I'm not. I think what Brad Turner was saying about the Lakers, it's so critical and so important that Anthony Davis is AD, that he has – you guys remember this, um, the playing tournament against the Golden State Warriors. AD didn't have a good game. We killed him on radio. We talked about where is Anthony Davis, where is he, he's got to do more. Then game one against the Phoenix Suns in the NBA playoffs, another bad game. Again, all running our mouths. You know what AD did games two and three? He shot everybody up. He was the best player on the floor in both of those games. Then he gets injured in game four. It's a wrap. The season is over. So um, if the conversation is, will Anthony Davis win MVP this upcoming season? If that's the question that I'm throwing out, or if that's a topic that Kendrick Perkins brings up, I got to see it to believe it. I'm not going to sit here and make my prediction that Anthony Davis will be the best player in the NBA next year. Does he have the capability to? Of course he does. Is he arguably the best two-way player in the NBA? Absolutely. Um, Can he take over a game at any time and have a stat line of 35 and 13 and six assists and four block shots and two steals? Of course he can. I've done the post-game show over the last two years. So I'm looking at that box score after every single game like it's the Bible. And I'm and I'm, I'm paying attention to all those details. Of course he can. But i got to see it to believe it. Do I think Anthony Davis can sustain that over 82 games? We're going to go back to 82 games next year. Um, do I think he's going to do it on a consistent basis where every single night you're saying, that's the baddest man on the floor? And that's with LeBron James. He's sharing a, sharing a court with LeBron James. I hope it happens. I think it needs to happen. I think the 19th year in LeBron James' career, the hope is more and more is going to start falling on the shoulders of Anthony Davis. That's the hope. But I got to see it to believe it. That That's the best way that I could put it. So I, if you said right now pick one player to be MVP next year, it would not be Anthony Davis for me. And I hope Kendrick Perkins is right that he hears the chatter, that he hears the talk, that he's hearing the praise about Giannis Antetokounmpo and some of these other big men, that Jokic won the MVP, that Embiid was in that uh, MVP conversation before he went down and and missed 20-plus games or whatever it was. But if I'm making a prediction right here tonight that that, uh, Will Anthony Davis win the MVP, I would say let the man go out there and prove it, but I, I, I wouldn't be one to say that he's going to he's gonna win it. By the way, I thought this was interesting too. Funches, can we play, and I know we got a couple calls that we're going to get into in just a second. Can we uh, play the legend Oscar Robinson, or Oscar Robertson um, says AD is the only player capable of shutting down Giannis. Do you have that sound? Can we play that real quick? He made some shots, some, some 12 and 13-foot shots that I hadn't seen him make before in a long time. If he can do that, I don't know who I don't know who can stop him. The, the, the only person I think has the size, you know, to give give, give a decent chance of guarding uh, Giannis is AD from 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 uh, from, uh, from from the Lakers. No one else. Mm-hmm. I don't see any any other player on defense no one. that that's yeah. able that's going to be able to, to handle Giannis. That's the uh, legend right there, um, Oscar Robertson. Um, and you could hear him say right there, if there's one guy that can stop Giannis Antetokounmpo, that player is going to be Anthony Davis. And by the way, he's right. Uh, if there's one player that has the athletic ability, that has the ability on both sides of the floor, that can go after Giannis the way Giannis is going to go after him, it's AD. 
The difference is every single night Giannis has been there. The difference is um, there's less of the, you know, Giannis plays with a certain type of bully basketball that AD doesn't play with. Now, let me kind of flip that the other way. Anthony Davis also has the skill set where it doesn't have to be bully ball because AD can step out and hit an 18-footer. AD can step up to the free throw line and hit free throws efficiently. He can step out and hit a three. So Giannis is making up for some of the things that he's not able to do by playing bully ball. Um, but that, if I love what Oscar's saying right there. If there's one guy that can stop Giannis, it would be AD. And I love what Kendrick is saying. Kendrick Perkins talking about he thinks Anthony Davis is going to win MVP next year. Okay, a couple quick calls here. Let's go to George in San Diego. George, what's going on? All right, uh, let's go to Will in Montebello. Will, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Good, uh, man. Thank you for calling in. Uh, yeah, for sure. Speaking of Oscar Robinson and triple doubles, uh, you had the Oscar Robinson on. I think people need to look at the statistics of Russell Westbrook and, you know, speak facts and not necessarily opinions. Because, okay, if you don't like his personality or, you know, attitude, whatever you want to call it, you can't say that he is not a team player when the man averages a triple double and that's over 10 assists that he's giving you per game, over 10 rebounds that he's giving you per game. So the statistics almost speak for themselves when it, when it comes and, and to you know, that and regard. You know, what, you know what, Will, they should, right? Like if you look at Oscar Robertson, and it was, it, was, uh, it was Russell Westbrook that just passed him for all-time triple-doubles, I think people have more of an opinion about Russell Westbrook that will sway them about his game. So I think that's a fantastic point. Keep going with what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So that that was my first point exactly. He's like, you know, he has he definitely has that strong personality where it influences, you know, your opinion of his game, and and he is a great player. Yeah, as far as AD, I agree with you. What you said, yeah, you, you have to prove it because I mean, he, he, before the injury, you know, you, you would say like he's a bad man, like best two way player, like he changes people's shots on the court, like he is a nightmare for anybody in the NBA, especially uh, defensively, uh, you know, that Giannis-AD matchup would have been just fantastic to watch, you know, just, just to see uh, what would have happened there. Well, and, but, and, yeah. let's, and, and let's see what happens. Well, appreciate you calling in. We're coming uh, towards the end of the show here. Let's see what happens here because, you know, this upcoming season, I, I'm, I'm still a firm, firm believer. Lakers need another all-star caliber player. They do. And – if it's DeMar DeRozan, if it's Russell Westbrook, if it's, you know, we'll see kind of how things shake out, which is crazy because, you know, as we sit here, NBA draft is coming up this Thursday. I already mentioned some of the conversation about DeMar DeRozan that came out from today. Uh, Brad Turner was on as well, and he talked about how even in one of his reports that uh, – uh, for for DeMar DeRozan, it's not going to all be just about money, that there's going to be other things that play a factor. And I, I, I like what Brad Turner said. Let's wait to see what happens because when somebody does put a ton of money right in front of you, will that change your opinion? And by the way, if it does, I get it. I understand it. Uh, you're trying to capitalize as best as you can on um, on your opportunity to make as much money as you can in the NBA. But there's some real names being thrown around the Lakers, and even if Anthony Davis has one of those seasons, which we all obviously hope that he ends up having, even if he has one of those seasons, you got teams that are, are you know, a year ago they were chasing the Lakers, and it, mean, it meant James Harden ended up with the Brooklyn Nets. 
Um, Bradley Beal is a name that's been talked about. Damian Lillard is a name that's been talked about. These guys want to win. And if it's not going to be in Washington, which it's not going to be, if it's not going to be in Portland, which it's not going to be, that puts the Lakers in a position where I think they need more talent. I I really genuinely feel that. And, And by the way, I don't think you would hear this much chatter around the Lake Show from guys like Sham Sharania, guys like Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, Mark Stein. I, I think uh, Mark Spears is another you know perfect name. I, I don't think you would hear this much chatter around all these players unless the front office felt the same way that, hey, we got to go out and try to get another big player or a big star because the NBA has changed. The competition is getting better. I could name off five different teams that you know have a legitimate chance next year to come out of the west or the east granted you have your your you know your obviously your your favorites with the Brooklyn Nets that's what Vegas has but I feel like the Lakers roster does have to improve and we're going to find out by the time I do Lakers talk a week from today who knows what will have happened around the NBA and around the Los Angeles Lakers okay couple quick shout outs here thank you to uh Steve Pellett in the background there excellent work Michael Funches, as always, fantastic job all over the show tonight. Uh, If you miss any part of the show, ESPN app or on iTunes, remember just to search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. You could catch the full two hours. Back tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers starting at 9 a.m. L.A., have a great rest of your night.